Good morning. Today, I want to be speaking about how the sovereignty of God is our security. Some of us may not have heard that word properly before. Uh, many of us may have heard it say that our nation, India, is a sovereign republic. Now, what that really means is that our nation is not dependent on anybody else for our existence, for our progress, for what we want to do and achieve as a nation. We are independent of any external uh, challenges or any external pressures for what we want to do. In the same way, when it speaks about who our God is, when we say our God is a sovereign God, he's the sovereign I am, it means he's the self-existent one. And there are no limits to God's rule. And this is part of what it means to be God. He's sovereign over the whole world and everything that happens in it. He's never helpless. He's never frustrated. He's never at loss. And in Christ, God's awesome sovereign providence is the place we feel most reverent, most secure, and most free. To put it in simple words, it's because of the sovereignty of God that a true believer in Christ can sleep in peace at night. You know, years ago, there was a cute ad that used to run uh, about a safe cooking oil or a healthy cooking oil. And uh, the ad went something like this, where a kid would, uh, you know, joyfully, uh, you know, express, my daddy is the strongest. You know, there are two thoughts that come out of that ad. You know, one is that the kid knew that his daddy was good. His daddy is loving. His daddy cares for him. But the second thought that went along with it that, yes, he's good. Yes, he's loving. But because he's strong, he will be able to fulfill his goodness or accomplish his goodness for me as his child. And it's the same and even far more with our God. So the foundation of God's character, which we celebrate repeatedly, is that our God is good and our God is faithful. And even as we have that as the foundation of God's character, but what towers over it is that he's sovereign, is that he cannot be limited and restricted in his goodness towards us, towards his people. <clears throat> so I want to make this objective for us this morning so that truly you and I can rest in God in reverence in trust, in humble confidence. The first thing I want to share is how God is sovereign over the universe. God is in control of everything that is seen and unseen, visible, invisible, everything that we know and the infinite things that we don't know and we don't understand. God is sovereign over the universe. Whenever God acts, he acts in a way that pleases him. God is never constrained to do anything that he despises. He's never going to be pushed into a corner where his only recourse is to do something he hates to do. Never. It's never going to happen. He does only whatever he pleases. And therefore, we must rest in the fact that God is sovereign over the entire universe. Secondly, God is sovereign over salvation. Jesus died not only to offer salvation to the whole world, but also to bring his people to himself, to overcome their rebellion and to gather them omnipotently to himself. 
This gives me a lot of personal assurance, my brothers and sisters, especially the times when I am confronted with my failures, my sins, my limitations. I feel overwhelmed or overcome by my weaknesses. I remind myself of what is recorded in John chapter 15, that you did not choose me, but I chose you, is what Jesus said. Beloved, in that is our rest and our assurance. That the weight of the choice was not and never on me or you. I did not choose God. He chose me. And therefore, he can never be wrong and he can never be defeated in his choice. And because Jesus chose me, you know, he said in another place is recorded that whom the father has given to me will be no, by no means snatched out of my hands. So he is sovereign over our salvation, beloved. He is sovereign in his choice of you and me. Ephesians 1 says that he chose us in him even before the foundation of the world. My brothers and sisters, you know, God has his hand on you and me. And he will sustain us and he will keep us to the very end. And he will present us blameless before him on that day. Thirdly, God is sovereign over our suffering. The ultimate reason that suffering exists in the universe is so that Christ might display the greatness of the glory of the grace of God by suffering in himself to overcome our suffering. And what that means is because of his suffering, we can be fully assured that ours will be temporary. In the words of the Apostle Paul, who suffered so much for the sake of Christ, he was persecuted, he was rejected, went through trials and testings of such, such enormity. But in spite of that, the Apostle Paul would write, our momentary affliction. And that's true, beloved. Whatever we go through in this life, in the short life of us, is but momentary when we look at it in the context of eternity. Christ suffered for us, that our suffering would be temporal and momentary, but our joy in him would be full and eternal. God is sovereign over our suffering. And fourthly, God is sovereign over his global missions. You know who's the greatest evangelist? It's not any man. It's God himself. It's God who has been in the pursuit of people, wrestling with their hearts, drawing them unto himself with his furious love. And Jesus says that in spite of whatever happens on the face of the earth, he builds his church. You know, in the recent couple of years, you know, there are people who have got disturbed, believers, about the scandals that have broken out in so-and-so place, or this has happened in church, or this person, this thing happened to this servant of God, or this thing happened to this ministry. Why do we get disturbed by these things when we know that our God will not be restricted or limited by the failures of men? His purpose stands, his plan stands, his promises are true. What he has said, he will bring it to pass. He said he will build his church, he will build it, and the gates of Hades will not prevail, beloved. And so, oh, and so the risen and reigning King of Kings and Lord of Lords rules over this world and over his mission with absolute sovereignty. Nothing is outside his sovereign will. If he meets with resistance, he either allows it for his good purposes in the mystery 
for the counsel of his will, or he overcomes it for his purposes. It's the way he pleases, he does it. Now, in summary, beloved, as we look at these four things that I just want to quickly recollect, God is sovereign over the universe. Secondly, God is sovereign over salvation. Thirdly, God is sovereign over suffering. And fourthly, God is sovereign over global missions. In summary, you know, man is quick to determine whether a thing is good or bad. But we know that our labels generally cannot, you know, be applied perfectly. For example, the thing that is good for one group of people might not be good for another group. And this applies in the same way to whatever it is that we see as being bad. We do not really need explanations for the good experiences because we enjoy them and often take them for granted. It is the bad experiences that usually leaves us with questions. But Romans 8.28 you know, a very important verse, which we so often, you know, quote in conversations to one another to encourage or even in prayer. What does it say? It says that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them that are called, who are called according to his purpose. You know, this verse exists to simply tell us that God is sovereign, that there is no amount of bad that can thwart the purposes of God that can restrict the work of God and God in his amazing goodness and his omnipotence in his omnibenevolence as the almighty good one and his omnipotence and his omniscience, he causes all things to work together for just one purpose, for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And Romans 8.28 settles the business of good and bad for Christians. Beloved, we as his children ought to rest in this, that our God is sovereign. These words settle this matter because if we love God, we trust him as the one who has saved us from our sins and given us eternal life. We believe in his purpose. That is, we trust that God has something in his mind and heart for us. And that something is much greater than anything we can understand. Beloved, we need to accept the fact that we will not have all the answers to our questions here. You know, I, you know in, in, all the, in all the interesting way and the detailed way that it explains about Job in those, in those chapters, you know, beginning with, you know, we get a glimpse of what really uh, got things started in Job chapter one. And then we begin to see uh, Job's suffering unfold. And then he goes through such amount of uh, trials and pain and he's asking questions upon questions upon questions. And almost there are almost 35 to 38 chapters of questions. Job's questions. Job declaring his pain and he's pouring out his heart before God. He's asking questions. And it's interesting that when finally God speaks, he actually doesn't give him answers. God begins to question him back. And you know what? Job doesn't have answers. And, and, and the entire thing we see, God did not answer Job. And Job beautifully puts this, when he sees the greatness of God, when he sees the glory of God, he so beautifully puts it, before my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes see you. May we experience that in our life, beloved. May we rest in the fact that we can see him, we can hear him, we can experience the nearness of his presence, though we do not have all the answers to our questions, but we know that one day we will. 
but let us trust in the mystery of his will of his purpose knowing that he is not only good he is not only faithful but he is sovereign and he is not only sovereign but he is good and he is faithful so you know you know joseph understood this so well when he spoke to his brothers and he said this you know as for you you meant it for evil but god but god that is the sovereignty of god but god meant it unto good you know what the brothers did was not was not good it was evil but what god did with that was amazing because of the omni benevolence and the omni potence of god beloved let's rest in that beloved that no matter what comes our way you know what is said about us or what is not said about us what happens to us or what didn't happen you know it won't change this that god has his hand over your life and my life so we need to continue to submit to god and hear the savior when he says to us take my yoke upon you and learn of me for i am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest unto your souls beloved the sum of our lives ought to be i want to know him what is important is not that my questions have been answered what is what is not important is that i i got everything that i asked for or expected that won't happen what is important is that i know him my ears had heard of him but now my eyes see him i i know more of the lord than what i did 6 months before or one year before or two years before i'm growing in the knowledge of him and when i grow in the knowledge of him then grace and peace is multiplied unto me through the knowledge of my lord jesus christ and and what is important is that because i know him my heart is fueled and fired up to make him known to make him known so in conclusion christ jesus who died for us intercedes for us and there is nothing that can separate us from his love beloved when paul talks about this love he means that even we cannot snatch ourselves from his hand if we have true faith we will maintain that faith until the end because god is at work in us and through us yes times of doubt may rise it is even possible that a true believer may fall into a grievous sin yet if we belong to christ today we will belong to him forever and this should encourage us to draw near to the lord even when we feel far away from him if we come to him humbly he will never reject us so regardless of what we experience my brothers and sisters regardless of where you are in life right now you are god's choice and therefore you are victors not victims for eternity life can be turned in every way against us but there is nothing not even death that has the power to separate us from god's love and it goes without saying that if you are a christian you are blessed beloved trials that weigh so heavily on you now are nothing when compared to the glory awaiting you and me in eternity so salvation and security are surely ours because jesus has promised us and here's what he says what i quoted to you earlier john 10:28 and i want to close with this verse and may you carry this in your hearts as in a few moments we will break bread together and we will partake of the lord's table this is what jesus says to you and me beloved the great sovereign i am the risen one the one who is at the right hand of the father the ruling king of kings and the lord of lords who is coming again and i in john 10:28 and i give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand
Amen to that. No one can pluck Shannon out of the hand of the Lord. No one can pluck you out of the hand of the Lord. No height, no depth, no angel, no principality, no power, no things present, no things to come, not even myself, not even yourself, can pluck us out of the hand of the Lord. Rest in this, beloved. Sleep well tonight and every night, no matter what you're going through. The Lord is your refuge, your shelter, and your stronghold, not only for now, but for eternity. Bless you, my brothers and sisters. Before we close, I want to especially encourage you for the session that we're going to have with Professor Jude this evening. We're going to have a session titled The Last Generation and the Imminent Return of Our Lord Jesus Christ. So important. Please don't miss it. Log in. Encourage and invite your friends to log in. And may God truly stir our hearts to be ready when the master returns. Give me all in my lap. Keep me burning. Because God's sovereign hand is on your life and on my life. The Lord bless you.